Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. Today we're in Colossians chapter 4, beginning in verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each. So we were, last week, we actually read a, a section of this passage last week, uh, and uh, with kids in the room, and we tried to do some fun with pipe cleaners. And uh, my one of my children asked me this week, "Are your ser- is, is, are your sermons always that fun?" And I was like, "Well, yes, of course." And uh, uh, I was like, "I'm glad she thought it was fun because I thought it was questionable." But um, but you remember in the verse, which was a, a, just a different sort of. I keep pointing over there. You don't need to look over there. But uh, it was a different sort of uh, translation, a kind of a contemporary expression of the verse. And it was there was the phrase, you know, that when we pray with our eyes wide with gratitude, and uh, that was a line that we recited. Well, later in the week, I can't remember if it was later that day. I was at the park, took the kids to the park. My cousin, uh, my cousin, my nephew was there. And uh, they were off playing. I was, you know, sitting, reading a book, as you do, you know, let me take you to the park, because this is about you and not me. Uh, And uh, they came running up to me, and uh, there had been a kid um, who was pushing them, like not in a, like knocking them down, but I think my, again, I was reading a book, I don't really know, Uh, had been like kind of helping them slide down this slope. And, uh, and they came running over. They're like, yeah, this kid was pushing us. And my nephew was like, yeah, I told him my eyes were wide with gratitude. <laughs> and uh, yeah, right? I know. I was like, wow, you were paying attention. And uh, later in the week, my, my, uh, Kristen tells me, she's like, yeah, I'm like, uh, you know, do you even know what that means? Like, what does that mean? Because this tone, there was something about his tone. I told him my eyes were wide with gratitude. He's like, yeah, sassy, right? Like, and uh I, I think, I think it occurred to me then, it occurred to me then, something that probably occurs to all of you all the time, that sometimes what we're saying, uh, what, what, what we think we're saying, and what's actually being communicated, probably two very different things, right? Uh, often, two very different things. It's actually, I think, a concern in the passage that uh, Kristen read for us this morning, uh, that what we think we're saying and what's actually being conveyed can, in fact, be two very different things. We've been calling this series through Colossians Life Together, and it's been a theme for us throughout this letter Paul writes to an early community of Christians, uh, new, right? At the beginning, he says to them, they are in Christ, in Colossae, which we'll consider in a moment, but he begins with this emphasis on life, which is where we have reflected life together, life that, that in Christ they have found something new, uh, life, grace that redeems brokenness, that resurrects what is dead, that works forgiveness, that not only, as we sang, um, uh, has implications for my present and my future, but also in some miraculous way, the mystery of Christ works something in my past. And uh, uh, Paul sort of draws us into this incredible thing, uh, the mystery of life. In Christ, we've heard his call to this community over and over again, drawing them into the life and grace of Jesus Christ. 
what's called the mystery of Christ in our reading this morning. But it's not just life, it's also life together, right? Paul has written this letter to a community of people that, that there are implications. What does this life look like lived in community? And so we've heard the call again and again, not just life, but life together. We, we, we heard it practically a few weeks ago. Uh, he, he made the turn into like just the implications for uh, the various spheres of their lives, husbands and wives, parents and children, masters and servants, and all of these places. He says the life that we found in Christ has implications for life together where uh, parties in those relationships had been devalued and, and, and ignored and overlooked in culture and, and other parties in those relationships had been given unrestrained authority. Christ, he says, changes that dynamic now. Christ is all and in all, and now how we relate to one another uh, has, has been reshaped and reformed. Interestingly, in our reading today, he pushes that imagery of togetherness, life together, even further. Right, So we have, until this point, sort of focused on like life in here, in the relationships in this community. But specifically in this passage, he says life together is not just about your life together. It's uh, your life together here. It's also about your life together with other people. Outsiders is the word here, which is not a way we, I think, maybe typically think of it. Life together here, sure. What do you mean life? Well, you live together with all sorts of people and all kinds of spheres. You live together with neighbors and coworkers, Christians and non-Christians, Democrats and Republicans, right? All of these spaces. And, and Paul is drawing them into life together. There is a togetherness in how you relate uh, to others outside of this space as well. And here in this passage, he draws their attention and your attention to it this morning. And, you know, I don't know. We'd be remiss, I think, if we didn't acknowledge that over the history and life of the church, uh, it's not hard to imagine moments when what we think we're saying and what we're actually conveying are very different messages where we have somehow lost this uh, tone that Paul draws us into here, life together. Together, not just with one another, but with others. Christ reshapes those spaces and relationships as well. You do get the sense, right, in, in Paul's sort of command here, right? Walk wise. Let your conversation be full of grace. Uh, be prepared. Be ready, right? That, he, that There's an implication here where he's like, man, like I, I recognize the message of the mystery of Christ, like what we think we're saying and sort of what we're actually communicating can be very different things. The mystery of Christ, he says. Again, it's important to clarify. This is not like some secret kind of insider knowledge. He spent the whole letter sort of drawing them into, into what, what this means, right? This is, he's expounded it over and over and over again, which we've already said, Jesus redeems and forgives. And by his grace, works life where there is death, wholeness where there's brokenness. Uh, this is the mystery of Christ, the grace of God in Jesus. I mean, we could look at specific examples. Colossians chapter two, earlier in the letter in order that you, they, may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, right, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But then he unpacks what those things are later in the chapter. Verse 13, when you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins, canceled the charge of indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away. He's disarmed the powers and authorities through his cross, right? The mystery of Christ is the gracious redemption and forgiveness that has been worked on our behalf. He says in chapter one, 
Again, just to clarify, we, the mystery of Christ has shape and definition here. That through him, Jesus, God has reconciled to himself all things, all things by making peace through his work, his blood shed on the cross. And then this beautiful image, once you were alienated, you were outsiders, enemies in your minds and in your behavior, he says. But now, because of Christ, not because of you, because of Christ, the mystery of God's grace in Jesus, through his physical body, his death, he has presented you holy. And this beautiful phrase, free from accusation. This is the mystery of Christ. And he says to this group, as he moves towards the conclusion of his letter, let this mystery season your life. Right? In, in the way in which you engage and interact in your life together, not just with each other, but with others. Let this truth season those spaces as well. It's a valid concern, as he writes, to a perhaps fledgling community. New, right? New in this experience of Jesus in a culture that was at times um, deliberately opposed, uh, perhaps oftentimes cavalier and dismissive, and at other times uh, politically uh, opposed. And, and so Paul writes, uh, understands, man, there's uh, a need uh, to consider what uh, we're saying and what we're communicating. So, uh, that's all background. Now I'm going to really get into the meat of the sermon this morning. And uh, you guys are like, great. Um, <laughs> we're not, but that's okay too. Um, but here's how I want to approach it. I, I'm going to give you just a, a couple of images uh, that, that I hope will, uh, my hope is like as we sit with the passage, we'll maybe bring it to life for us. And, and the way I want to do it is just kind of talk about the way I'm prone to read a passage like this. And maybe you, I, I will be so bold as to say, I wonder if this is not how we, you, perhaps read it. I was uh, thinking about this passage, right? These list of instructions, be wise, be efficient with the time you've been given, speak with grace, always have an answer. And uh, I was like, man, I just was thinking about that sort of move, this list of instructions. And I was like, man, in my mind, I'm like, there's this, uh, this is like science fiction memory love science fiction. I'm like, I have this memory of a book that I have read or some kind of operating instructions or, uh, you know, some instructions for life. I, I, and in my mind, I was like, man, what? I can't, I need a place. I got to find what it is and I can talk about it and, you know, nerd out about science fiction with uh, all of you. And uh, so I Googled it and, and it was, was rather uh, demoralized to learn that the phrase that was lodged in my memory was an acronym for the Bible, B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth, right? You can imagine my, I was like, oh man, I was really hoping this was a fun science fiction short story I'd read at some point in my life. And I'm like, it is in fact a, 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 an approach to scripture that perhaps has some merit, but I would suggest it's maybe not the way it's been in, intended to be held in our lives as a book uh, that's just meant to give us some instructions on how to live our lives, in this case, in relation to outsiders, uh, before we get to blow this joint, right? Like that, that's the feeling that this acronym evoked for me. I'm not saying that's not true. I'm just telling you more about me than the accuracy of the acronym. Uh, but that was my feeling. And I, I think, you know, I, I tend to read, I'm prone to hear a passage like this, like that. Right? This is a checklist. Be wise, be efficient, speak with grace. Always be ready to give an answer. Check, 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 and check. 
follow these steps, and I'll know the peace of the good life, live together even with outsiders. If I do these things well enough, in fact, no one will be an outsider because they'll become an insider, and the people who don't, well, I'll be leaving earth soon, so it doesn't really matter, right? That, that, that feeling, that's a, that's a callous reading and an exaggeration, but you understand the move. I think sometimes that's how I want to read a passage like this. But I want to suggest to you another image. Uh, if the B-I-B-L-E is one, I, I want to suggest another one. I think this is how I actually read it, or this is my lived experience of this verse. Uh, uh, a neighbor, friend, uh, took our kids to Chuck E. Cheese this week. And, uh, you know, I'm praying for that friend because uh, he was brave. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and they had a blast. My kids had so much fun and playing with friends. And they came home with, like, ar- uh, some armloads of plastic frogs, right? The kind that you, like, you know, you kind of press the back and it, like, hops across the room. We had all sorts of, like, leapfrogging competitions, all that kind of stuff, right? Great fun. But they were everywhere, it felt like. And it felt like they were multiplying, right? Just, like everywhere. And I went upstairs uh, in, uh, where Jess was working and the girls had been in there and uh, I wasn't paying attention. I apparently talked with my feet as much as my hands because I was just kind of chatting with Jess and I'm like, Kruk. I was like, oh, I looked down and I had like broken uh, frogs, uh, stepped on plastic frogs. Like, oh no. And I pick them up and I toss them to Jess and I keep talking and then I do it again, right? Because they're everywhere, right? They're everywhere. And uh, I look down and it's like, it's like a carnage of plastic frog limbs, right? Uh, just a mess. And I, I think, I think this sort of frogmageddon for me is a more accurate description of what these verses really look like in my life, right? I mean, if I'm honest, if I'm honest, that experience is more the rule than the exception. That, 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 that oftentimes my words leave a string of damage more than they do life and grace. I'm rarely wise, right? You know, we want to be, we try, but man, a series of, you know, you could point any of us to any number of foolish missteps in our lives. Or do you get me going on sort of redeeming the time, making the most. I mean, how often am I so sort of absorbed in my own kind of stuff? And I, I just, like, you talk about like, even thinking about others as sort of off the radar entirely. Or my words, my words, goodness, more often salt in a wound than they are gracious sort of balm and seasoning for the lives of those around me. And answers, always have an answer, right? Are you kidding me? Right, I'm drowning in my own questions, right? And I read a passage like this, and I I just, you know, confession, like, I feel like this is probably closer to the lived human experience than the B-I-B-L-E approach. But I don't think either of these are uh, what's intended. Um, I want to invite us into just a third sort of, a reading, if you will, an invitation in this passage. And uh, to do that, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give you two more images. The first uh, is this. My kids have been in a, in a girls on the run running club, right? And uh, it's a group. In the, this case, their group is a, like cohorts or I don't know what the kid word for that is, club. I guess is the word, uh, of about 15 girls. They, they ran, they, 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 were, they were together for a couple of months and the clubs all over the metro and then they all uh, convened at Swope Park yesterday and ran a 5K and there were like just tons of people and kids, it was great fun. But um, in, this, uh, in this round of, of doing it, they played a game uh, this week that we've continued at home and we're gonna play together here this morning. So they put one of the 15 kids in the center and all the kids in the circle 
and they got to ask them a question. And the game was that the kid had to, had to answer meatball to every question without laughing, right? You understand the premise of the game? You're already laughing. You lose, right? <laughs> right? So, the, the, you know, you can imagine sort of where this game went. So we're going to try it, shall we? Shall we try it? I'll leave it to you whether you want to answer in the singular or the plural. That's inconsequential to me. But your answer has to be some variation of meatball. All right? You guys good? You know, it's, it's a simple game. Like, what goes well with spaghetti? Right? What are you bringing to the cheese party next week? Yeah. What's your preferred toothpaste flavor? I'll look at you. She's like, I'm not laughing this time. Right? What did you pass out to trick-or-treaters last week? Or this week? Or meatballs, right? Like, it's, a, it's an absurd game. You guys are too straight-laced. You're like, I'm playing the straight guy. You will not make me laugh. But you can imagine where this game went with 10-year-olds, right? It was great fun. We've uh, continued the game. And, uh, you know, they came home again. They want to change the word. And I'm like, mm -mm, this is a slippery slope. We're not doing that. <laughs> uh, we're sticking with meatballs. But I, I, I wonder, I wonder, uh, or I, I don't know, I, I want uh, our reading of this passage. I wonder if it's just like the answer to every question is grace. Right? The mystery of Christ. Like, I, I want it to be that easy. Oh, my God, I don't know. I don't know. But grace. Um, let your conversation be always full of grace. The answer to every question, which is to say the mystery of Christ, grace, the mystery of Christ, the forgiveness and life that we find there. Grace, grace, grace. We could try it. You guys want to try it? What goes well with spaghetti? Grace. No, not meatballs. Grace. Grace. What are you bringing to the cheese party? Yeah. What's your preferred toothpaste flavor? What did you give to your neighbors at trick or treat? I don't know. I'm obviously in control of these questions. Is there any hope for the mess that is my life? Grace. How did I get here? How did they get there? Why do they seem to be holding it together? The truth is they don't. Grace. 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 I, I read a passage like this and, uh, you know, I'm prone to read it like instructions before leaving earth. I'm, I'm painfully aware of all the ways in which I fall short. But tucked in the heart of this call to live differently, I hear the invitation into the mystery of Christ. So I want to leave you with one more image. If meatballs weren't enough. Uh, I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, we've been reading a series of books about sword-wielding rabbits. It's been epic and fun, full of war and betrayal and political intrigue, all from rabbits and wolves and birds of prey. I'm telling you, it's just been a fun ride. Uh, it's called the Ember series, I think, the Green Ember series, maybe. But it's been really fun. Uh, we've been reading, you know. I mean, what, what could go wrong? Sword-wielding rabbits, right? But we've been reading a lovely bunch of characters. They're, they're in a fight for their lives. The language they use is the mended wood, right? Their, their world is carnage, is scorched earth. But they know, right, that there is hope of something better. They're fighting for the mended wood. And the main, one of the main characters is brothers and sisters, Heather and Pickett. And they're youths. They're young. And they're caught up in all of this. And at some turn in the narrative, she gets sort of 
reluctantly uh, drawn into her role as the scribe of the mended wood. She has a way with words. And there's a moment where she finds herself pulled into an audience of lords, rabbit lords, if you will, complete with armor and breastplates and all that stuff, swords and spears. And she finds herself uh, as an audience with one of these lords. And this particular commander is in a position of power, on the cusp of betrayal, weighing his options, wondering what he will do. And Heather is there as an outsider uh, with an opportunity to speak or listen. And, and she uses a description, which again, I know it's just rabbits, but it has like stuck with me and, and messed with me a little bit. She, she speaks to him in this moment, right? Before he sort of, he's gonna seek her counsel. And we know, you know, he's going to, there's no way you can trust the guy, right? Full of power and, and, and uh, seeking her counsel. And she says in this moment, uh, uh, he, the author describes it that she, I'm picturing rabbit ears, so she like touches her ears. Like you can just like, whew. she says, let, let me hear with humility and see with generosity and speak with honesty. Right? She says, let me, let me hear with humility and see with generosity and speak with honesty. It's a resonant image. I know, I know it's a furry rabbit with a sword and you're having a hard time getting over that. But, but I'll just say it one more time. Let me hear with humility and see with generosity and speak with honesty. Resonates with our reading this morning. But I want to suggest to you that it, it resonates for a specific and particular reason. Not because it's a list of objectives or instructions that we can tick off. Now, these qualities that, that sort of uh, vibrate with the themes of Colossians 4 resonate. They're compelling because they are, in fact, the qualities of Jesus. Jesus, who hears, sees, and speaks to you. I read a command like, let my speech be always full of grace. And I know how woefully short I fall of that call. But then I'm drawn into the mystery of Christ, who was, in fact, wise in his approach to outsiders, which included you and me, who did, in fact, make the most of, of his time, and one whose speech is ever and always gracious to me, and who is himself the answer to every question of my heart, every ache and every misstep in my life, who is himself the forgiveness and reconciliation and redemption that I need, that I may not even know I need, that I seek. These qualities resonate, not for my ability to fulfill them, but for the way in which I experience them in the presence of Jesus. Would you guys stand with me? Thank you for listening to the Park City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community, visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at parkcitykc.com.